Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's going on you guys? Real quick, the Protector Symposium 4.0 is coming up. This episode is amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to talk about some of the things we will be training at the Protector Symposium 4.0. Entangled combatives, entangled combatives. That's what James is doing in this video. And I just wanna let you guys know, we will be in Florida October 1st through the 3rd studying just that with one of the best, the best in my opinion, instructor in the world when it comes to entangled combatives with regards to knife fighting and gun uh, employment, you know, your CCW employment in that area. So go to protectorsymposium.com and get your ticket while tickets last. We will be hands-on inside cars, human pressure, learning how to actually draw your gun and implement it in the exact same type of situation, close to the same, the same type of situation that James is in in this scenario. So don't hesitate. Get to protectorsymposium.com and get your tickets now. Uh, another thing you guys can take advantage of is our free training manual. We have a free training manual put together by all of the instructors we've had at the Protector Symposiums. This is your chance to get at a tremendous discount uh, uh, on, on, on the Protector Symposiums, but first and foremost, to also get um, the free training guide we put together based on the things we've learned from some of the best in the world uh, with regards to personal protection. So no matter what your background, law enforcement, professional protectors, uh, civilians, go protectornation.com and get that free training manual now. But hopefully we can see you guys at the Protector Symposium and we can all train together uh, and you guys can get a digital ticket or an in-person ticket. That's protectorsymposium.com. All of it can be found at my website, Byron Rogers, R-O-D-G, rogers.com. Hope to train with you guys. We want to make the world a safer place by making good people more dangerous. Back to the podcast. Out. Boom. Boom. What's going on, you guys? Back for another awesome episode of the Protector Podcast, man. Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. Today, and I always got special guests and stuff, but today is a special guest uh, I'd say if there was, you know, uh, a guy out there that's training that I've always kind of looked at and been like, man, I got to be, I want to be like this dude. It is Tony Seminar, man. How you doing, brother? Doing great, man. It's an honor to be on the show, brother. Thank you for having me. Yes. So real world tactical. We've all seen the videos, man. You're tearing it up. He's the guy that I would be like, yo, I want to be like this dude. Right. And dude, <laughs> like, is that the dude who does all the crazy workouts and all? And they would talk about him like like it was an unattainable level of just awesomeness. And I was like, exactly. Like that's how I want that's to. That's the guy. <laughs> exactly. I want y'all to be like, like that's the guy that's crazy as fuck. Yeah, that's the cry. That's the crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. And you represent for the big dudes, man. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 
the other dudes are really efficient and efficient's cool. But I was like the fat dude in night in, in school and then in the Marine Corps, I was the heavy dude, you know. The heavy guy, yeah. A lot of guys and they even when I was on, on the teams, I was still like 225, 230, man. I was always the heaviest guy on my team. Yeah. Always. Always, always. Up, Marine Corps, they used to call me tank. Yeah. So this guy, I was always the biggest guy in the Marines too. So both That's of the time. No, and I love it. You represent I started working out in like at a young age, you know, and once I, I got to a good size, I pretty much maintained them most of my, my adult life. Heck yeah. And that's the way, man. Same here, man. They, they used to call me John Coffee Boot in the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin everything at first. You know, I got a cooler nickname later the good on. Thing, there's, not, there's not a problem whether you're in the Marines, police, whatever it is. If you're big, just be strong. Don't be big and not be strong. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not strong, then you're just going to be fucking big for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Don't <laughs> be big. Know that. He's yes. worth He's big for nothing. Yeah. You got to be a strong dude. Exactly. 100%. And they're going to test you, man. So, yeah. So, Tony is one of our elite instructors for this upcoming Protector Symposium 4.0. We're going to talk about that stuff. We're gonna do some uh, real world tactical protection reviews on some stuff that we see going on out in the world and get his take on it. Uh, this is gonna be an awesome episode. We're gonna talk about you know, the reality of fitness as a tool when it comes to being a protector, you know, what uh, a regiment should look like you know, for someone who wants to get in the game or for professional protectors, first responders. Like what kind of things should we be focusing on? You know, Tony's got an amazing background, man. I was reading your reading your stuff and it was like 20 years active, you know, out in the field, Marine Corps, retired law enforcement, ultra squared away police officer. Apparently you got like all these medals, you know, like, uh, 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 we, we, they're on, they're on, on stories right now. <laughs> yeah, they were like officer of the year, officer of the month, officer. Of the, and I was like, yo, this wasn't just Those like good days, man. Those are my, you know what? At the end of the day, I, I think yeah, man. when I got out of the Marines, uh, and I became a cop. I wasn't originally going to become a cop. I, I, uh, I actually, I, I, growing up in high school, I saw the movie. Uh, remember the movie um, Fugitive with Snipes? Uh, with Wesley Snipes, yeah, man, that's old. School. So I, I wanted. To, I saw that movie, and I wanted to be a U.S. Marshal, right? Yes. And uh, I said, well, to be a U.S. Marshal, you know, I'll go to the Marines, and then I'll come out and be a U.S. Marshal. And then I realized that being a U.S. Marshal wasn't all that's cracked up to be it wasn't like the movie yeah, you know yeah. um so i was like all right well there's nothing much else you could do other than be a cop so right. i ended up being a cop yeah and um the only thing was that me in my head i've always anything that i've ever done whatever job i do whatever it is i always try to do it to the best of my ability you know what i mean like i always say okay what's the best of this okay i'm gonna try to do that or what's the best of it? i always had to have some kind of goals and that i would just like not care you know right. and i I became a cop. I went into SWAT, and I was pretty much SWAT most of my career. Where I worked at, it was down in South Florida, Miami-Dade County, and my unit. County, legit. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were. <laughs> Everybody got guns. Early two thousands. This is two thousand mid two thousands. Yeah. Where down here in Miami was the wild wild west, you know, and um, we had what was called the crime suppression unit, uh, and we were all SWAT guys. But it wasn't like a, a full time SWAT team in regards to all they do is like barricades, hostage rescue, HRs, and warrants. Like, we did everything. So we did future recovery. We had a, a guy that was attached to the marshals, mm -hmm. and we had a guy attached to the HIDA, and we had a guy that was attached to ATF. 
And pretty much we worked with the feds. We did fugitive recovery. We did the warrants. We did buy bus reverses. Um, bro, there wasn't anything that you, we did that wasn't whole high profile. We were doing it 24-7, and that was my entire career. So it wasn't like where we sit down, we train, and then do an HR. We sit down, we train, and do a, a barricade, you know? Um, it was just, it exposed me, bro. It exposed me to a lot, man. Uh, all the, the car chases and the shootings and the, um, all the stuff that we did, man. It was just, I look at it now, and I'm like, yo, these guys can't do any of that. Right. Now, compared to what we were doing, and we were like, we were legit kicking in doors, you know? Right. Like the it, mission it, segments are like segmented and like really focused where you guys did like all the special functions kind of under one. Yeah. Of and it was eight of us, you know? So we handled all squad stuff full time. And then we handled all the, the, the high profile stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then not even Miami-Dade County, you know how it is, man. It, it was busy, man. It was, for at least for my first 10 years on, I was going a hundred miles an hour, you know, uh, it, it, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't go home. Man. I was working 80 hour work weeks. Wow. I'm, you know, and if I wasn't on overtime and I was doing something, I was in an off duty <laughs> making money. <laughs> that's what's up man you know well, you come from the marine corps so it's like we have this engine you know what i'm saying like uh, four hours of sleep is a full night's rest and you can go that's it am, man and oh, oh, like cops they live that mentality of like all right I, I don't make a lot of money i don't make a lot of money but i can make an extra i can make hey i can make an extra 200 bucks here i can make 200 dollars there yeah. working one, you're a fucking zombie you know what i'm saying 100 different no, I dig it, man. I dig it. Now that sweatshop mentality, I came out of Marine Corps with that too. I'm just, I'm trying to hold on to that as I build this thing, man. It's valuable. I will tell you in the entrepreneur sense. Yeah. People fail the entrepreneur because they have the complacency of a, of two checks a month. Mm -hmm. You know, get used to that because as a cop or even the Marine Corps, you're getting paid regardless. No matter what happens, you're on vacation, you're, you go to um, court, you go to, uh, to they get hurt, um, you have tons of hours. So yeah. no matter what in your life, you get paid. As an entrepreneur, you don't do shit, you don't get paid. What you kill, man. If you don't yeah. kill, you don't eat. Don't hustle, you don't hustle and make moves, you, you're not going to get a paycheck, you know? Yeah. And for me, it was probably the hardest thing I had to do in my life just because I'd been working since 14 years old. And I didn't stop working since I was 14. I started for, at 14. I started at Winn-Dixie, which was like a grocery store, you know, down here in Florida. And from there was another job, another job. Then the Marine Corps. Then when I got out of the Marine Corps, Memorial Day of, of um, 2002, and the first club, because me and my buddy drove down from, um, from South Carolina. We drove down here. The first club that I went to, I was like, hey, you guys hiring me? Just got out of the Marine Corps. Bro, we just lost a guy today. You can start <laughs> like come on in. <laughs> and it was on just like that. So I was like, it was from one job to another. And then obviously, as a, as a police officer, you have a paycheck. You always got, you know, you get paid every two weeks. The good thing I want to say about being a cop compared to being in the Marines was you, you get paid by hour. You get hourly. So if you work OT, you get paid OT. Right. The Marines get your salary. So they'll oh, work yeah. your yeah, they'll work, they'll take your skin, your lungs, and everything. Exactly. <laughs> The 30 cents an hour that, that they're paying you. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned that quick. And then honestly, that's why I got out, you know, yeah. after the four years. Well, it was, it was another reason too. But um, at that point, everybody was going to war. Um, right. I, I was on the ranges when 9-11 happened. 
So I was on the list. All my buddies were calling me. They were like, "Yo, we're we're doing a pump right now. We're we're, we're going we're going to Afghanistan." And um, when I went to enlist, I was in Paris Island. Mm-hmm. So Paris Island, there's literally you're either you're either a, a drill instructor, or you're part of like weapons battalion or something like that. Unless, you know, at least if you're an all three. Yeah. And uh, I was a part of weapons battalion. I was a, a, um, a PMI. So I ended up getting my orders to stay there because what they did to me was. They required me to do my B billet. So back in the day before war time, your second term, you always do B billets. You go MSG duty. Yeah, MSG duty, recruiter, or drill instructor. Right, yeah. To the ropes there, Paris Island, I had already been there two years. They're right. like, no, no, they keep you here as a drill instructor. And I go, what? I saw what those drill instructors go through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then I was like, you're like, I lost your mind. I'm like, I'm going back to a fucking grunt unit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Time. I go, let me go back to my grunt unit. Let me get ready. And I'll go to Afghanistan. I have no issues with that. And he's like, no, we got to keep you here, drill instructor, because we're going to have an influx. Their biggest thing was we're going to have an influx of people coming in now. So we're going to need them on a drill instructor. You know what I mean? And bro, I was like, I'm out. I'm out. All my friends were, were all going. And I was like, I'm not going to stay here as a grunt for another four years. You know what and, I'm saying? And not yeah. Four. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. Got out. Getting out. I would have done the same thing. And then you realize how much money you can make as a civilian. You're like, did they take, they took advantage of me. <laughs> Bro, 100%. 100%. I went to corrections first. I was a state correction officer for about a year. Where I went after, I was doing dual jobs. So I was doing security work, EP work, and then doing the, the corrections at nighttime. Because I worked, um, I was working the afternoon shift, was uh, which was... What was it, 10? No, it was 2 to 10. So I was working 2 to 10. And then whenever I didn't work there, I was doing EP work. And whenever I didn't work there, I was working the clubs. <laughs> so that was my first year, literally. Um, and then uh, I, I busted my ass there. Corrections sucked. Because corrections was, um, it was hourly pay, but they flexed you. So mm-hmm. you worked too many hours. Let's say you, did, you had a, an RTR or something, and you went over, they would flex you at the end of the week. And they were like, oh, you got to go home early. And you were like, Dick. so there's a glass, yeah. there's a glass yeah. ceiling. You're like, okay, well, this ain't it. Yeah. I worked was day CI and day correctional institution was down here in Homestead. And it was uh, the lifers. They had lifers, um, 365 and over. And then they had on the right side, they had a uh, 364 and under. So all the, pretty much all the misdemeanor guys were like, and you're divided by a fence. And then on the left side, all the lifers had T dorms there, bro. And it was rough, man. I got a lot of scars in my hand because of that place. Cause it was just. They go there and the guys don't care. That's their life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if talking about ruffles or ruffles or um or Roman noodles or chicken, you're talking about it. They'll, they'll stab you, they'll kill you, bro. It's all life or death, son. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, so no who would you I always like to, to understand the man behind, you know, the work, you know. Who are you at your core, man? You know, at my core. Yeah, Tony really I'm a I'm an American patriot from immigrant parents that I would say doesn't know what his mental or physical limit is. So I, I, I spend my entire life trying to figure that out. Outstanding. That, you know what I'm saying? Um, That's awesome. Everybody, anybody has ever said something that I couldn't do something. I spent the rest of my life trying to do it. Uh, I don't, I don't let anyone ever tell me what I can or can't do. 
And I'm a huge firm believer in that. Um, as long as you're in the United States, obviously, because if you're in other countries, it's sometimes it's it's impossible. It could right? take your life. It could take your entire life. Um, uh, you know, unless you're at the right place at the right time and happen to get out, right? But if you're here in the United States, that's literally my 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 mentality at the end of the day, uh, because I I honestly don't know any other way, man. I, I've never. You know, my parents have shown me that growing up. You know, my grandmother came from Cuba with my grandfather. My grandfather had a heart attack in the airport in my grandmother's arms. Um, died because they were they came from Cuba to Miami to get a heart, uh, to have a heart surgery that they didn't do in Cuba at that time. This was in the 60s. Yeah. And grandmother uh, was an MD. She was a doctor in Cuba. Mm. She came to Miami after he passed away. She stayed here and she became a doctor here, not knowing English. And in Carroll City, which was literally the worst neighborhood in Miami by herself and my mom. Wow. So there was no excuses. You get me? Growing up, you know, my grandma taught me that. Yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, man. And uh, okay. it was based my grandmother and my mom growing up. And then my grandmother passed away at, at, uh, when I was 15. And she was the one who raised me. So at that point in my life, it was okay. What do I want to do? I got to do something, you know. And nothing's gonna stop me in, in regards to what I want to do, you know. Um, and I knew I was not a a a book person per se, like yeah. a guy, you know. A, 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 I was more a doer, appli yeah. application type of a guy, you know. And um, I've always been the type of person where, if I sit in a class and someone teaches me something, you know, I'll, I'll doze off or I'll fall asleep. But if if me and you are doing it together yeah. and you teach to do something as well I'm, I'm i'm you know on the job training type for deal i learned faster than 99 percent of the people that are next to me you know yeah. um and i've been able to to get that and try to like catapult it you know little by little over the years <laughs> it's like a cop for example uh um or even the marines right and any job you do you go to school for it you know you're in the academy and say you go to the academy i went to two academies i went to the corrections academy and the police academy both four academies wow. and bro no matter what they teach you in the academy, it's, it's nothing until you get and stand in front of a guy with a knife or with a gun and, you know, or a domestic, you get there and you have people screaming and people going crazy until you learn something. Right. You know, nothing, of, no, there's no book that can ever teach you that. There's no book that can ever, your job, for example, there's no book that is ever going to be able to, you know, when you're next to a high profile client and you, 50, kill, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No one can ever give you that kind of how that feels. To be there and to be on a swivel the entire time, you know what I mean? Yeah, nobody will ever, nobody will ever be able to tell you that until you get there and you feel it and you, you you're exposed to it, you know. So yeah. it, it, that's been my genre most of my my career, you know. That's awesome, man, and it shows um, that hunger, man. I I don't always really know where it comes from. I think some of us are born with it, and and a lot of us get it from our 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 parents. It's a little nature nurture and then decision kind of party eventually, man. Um, but I see it and I love it. I'm glad I have it. I don't know how to get people who don't have it to get it. That's one of the things I've you, studied my whole life. And I've really just... It's hard, man, because you know what happens? They get, every, they get complacent. And it they get complacent, them. bro. And someone that you see that's a smart dude or someone that you see that has a lot of potential. Like more they, talent than you. Like I see people with more talent than me. I'm like, you would kill it if you'd apply yourself. If you're half as hungry as I was, man. They, they get to it's like bro if i know all the cops that i know that are smart dudes that are really smart guys but they're like no nah, man i can't do that i can't leave police work no man it's crazy bro what if what if you know 
they're scared. It, it, it gets to a point where it's like they're okay with the paycheck they're getting. Right. You know, it, it, and I always knew that I've always wanted to start my own company. I always knew it. I always, I deep down inside, I always wanted to be my own boss. Right. You know, I just didn't have the money saved up. I didn't have the, the, the means. And I, I didn't know what it was, like what I wanted to start until yeah. later on in life. You know, but once I found it, I was like, okay, I got something here. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's go 100. No. You know? Absolutely. And you're, I mean, as a businessman, you've been tremendously successful. It looks like, man, as all the sponsorships you have, you know, I haven't seen anybody else in our space. You were meant the, the monsters, monster having them on your, you know, like you, you I'm, I'm learning things, man. I'll be watching, I'll be watching you. I'm like, you know, he's built this thing. But I, early on, I will tell you like this. It's not always about, um, it's not always about being the best, right? It's not always about being the best or being the number one guy. Sometimes it's about being the first guy, right? <laughs> that's, that's wisdom, man. That's, that's yeah, wisdom. you know, and, and that's and, and I learned that. I learned that in a in a when you're going into an industry, right? Yeah. First, per se, let's say the tactical industry, for example, right? Everybody has the newest gimmick, the newest this, the newest that, the newest whatever, that they're trying to be the first guy, you know? And I understand it. I understand the mentality because if you're the first guy to revolutionize something, right? You're going to be the leader there. You're going to be that guy and there's not going to be any competition for you there. So you're going to, you're going to kill it those first couple of years. Why? Because, yeah, because everybody's- As far as you can. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's going to be trying to catch you. Yeah, copying what you made but as long as you build that reputation and you have a solid foundation a foundation made out of concrete not wood a solid foundation then you're always going to be that guy the guy that the guy the one that oh he's the one that invented that you're just copying him you know so i like to always come out with stuff now i don't like gimmicky stuff i never like gimmicky stuff right I, i i try to actually change the mentality and when I first came on in 2014, um, in the tactical world, nobody was teaching what I was teaching. Mm. Now everybody's teaching what I teach. At that point, nobody was teaching firearms, fighting, and fitness. Nice. Nobody. Live fight. Now, they were doing insemination. They would do the fighting with the insemination and all that. But nobody was incorporating all three things into live fire training. Yeah. And I did it. Since it was different, since it was new, since nobody had ever done it, I mean, I was making, in the first year that I did I was making more money doing that part-time than I was as a police officer, working overtime, Wow, you know? But I sacrificed for two years. I would get off my, my operation at three or four in the morning, sleep for two hours, and go teach an entire weekend. Go back. You know, yeah, it was every weekend, boom, 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 was like that, you know? And so I, I saw... I learned to how to tweak everything, change it. You know, marketing was a huge thing. I so, learned that. Uh, I learned marketing from uh, the Haley of the world, Haley Costa. Okay. At that era, when I came on, they were the big dogs. They yeah. were like, and it, and I used to, I remember I used to see them and I had a lot of respect for them, obviously for who they were and their, you know, their credentials and all that or whatever. But I used to see them and I was like, that's not what makes them special. It's not that. It's the, the videos on YouTube that makes them special. It's sexy, that, man. 
Travis hit yes, the, the, the those little 30 seconds, all that crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So and I, I learned that real early on. I got yeah. a real, real camera guy, you know what I'm saying? And I started stuff the same way, you know, and little by little. But the only difference was the difference between me and them was they only had one genre. Yeah. I had three. I had fitness, firearms, and fighting. You see, most guys, and this is, I think, where I really I differentiate from a lot of people in the tactical industry, right? Yes. Most guys only train all the time at what they're good at. Yeah. I spent an entire career training at everything I wasn't good at to the point where I started getting really good at it. That's when the magic happens. That's when it is. So the proficiency in fighting, fitness, and firearms if you can be good at all three things, then in my head, I say to myself, then you're a true protector. Then you're a true, a true operator, a true, because if you're a one trick pony where you can only shoot a gun, then if somebody gets close on you and they grab you and they throw you around like a little rag doll and you can't get to your gun, then you're worthless, right? Yeah. But what if you're a fighter and you're a good gun guy, but you're a fat piece of shit? <laughs> get him. Then you're not gonna last 30 seconds in a fight either. Right. So you gotta find a happy medium somewhere. You know, at the end of the day, you have to be a guy that is proficient. If you wanna lead by example, I'm assuming, right? Because right. everybody at that point, if you're an instructor, you should lead by example. Now, with that said, as you get older, every instructor gets older. You know, yeah. they become more of a mentor than an actual, like, you know. Uh, athlete or that type of because if you're 60 years old obviously you're not going to be able to do the same thing you did in your 30s and 40s right, right. but uh, at that point you you know you you've already proven to the world what you have you're capable of doing and then you're just teaching and then just trying to pass down the knowledge right, right. um but if you what's good about the instagrams and about the social media and about the videos now is that nobody can dispute what you're capable of doing right Right. It's not like back in the day. And I, I say, you know, McDojo life. Right. Like yeah. McDojo, where you have you have all these guys McDojo life, man. for all the garbage. They're, yeah. You know what I mean? They're doing right. So yeah. what you see on video is either the guy's legit or the guy's not legit. You can see right. the guy could do something or he can't, you know, so it, it, it's a good thing. And for me, I literally spent my entire well for mixed martial arts. I've done it since I was like four years old, but you know, shooting and the hardcore fitness stuff, the type of training, the functional fitness training that I did, you know, started when I started in the Marine Corps, um, all that, you know, it, it took me a long time. It, like, it's perfecting programs. It's, yeah. you know, after becoming, even after becoming a strength conditioning coach, your body is not designed to do the opposite of everything, which means it's like, how can I say, it's hard to be a crossfitter and to be a powerlifter. Mm. And do the both things. So right. you have to somewhere down in the middle and believe it or not, every single, as we say, protector, right? Like the protector in symposium should be cut right down the middle. You should be a guy that has enough functional fitness to withstand a fight. Yeah. You need to be a guy, even if you're functionally fit, you need to be strong enough that if the guy gets on top of you, you can take him off. You, right. right. Exactly. And you need to be proficient enough that it, to get to your gun and to know how to use it. Right. And if you can gun, Maybe you have a knife, but you yeah. have to be enough to use a knife, right? So all these different things, you have to be the jack of all trades at the end of the day, right? Yeah. In the fitness world, the way that I used to run it, and I and I explain, I'll break it down, you know, it was 
20 pounds heavier and 20 pounds lighter. You mm. as a grown man, if you weigh 220 pounds, mm. you want to be stronger than the guy that's 240 and you want to be faster, more agile than a guy that's 200, uh, 200 pounds. If you're 220. Wow. So, like so you're that, exactly. You're that guy right in the middle. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So no matter who you go against, you're always going to be able to at least withstand a good battle against either or. Yeah. One guy bigger than you or a guy that's smaller than you. Because obviously the guy that's smaller is going to be a little bit faster than you. So you either have to use your strengths or you have to be fast enough to be able to, you know, defend a, a, a once a one leg takedown or two leg, you know what I mean? A double leg or whatever it is. And then a big dude, you got to be able to strong enough to withstand it. If the guy takes you down, now you're going to have to take a 240-pound guy off of you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of guys that are a buck 80, a buck 90 that they can't do that because they just don't, they don't train in strength at all. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's the, that's always been my key. So when everybody sees me doing all the jumping and doing all the running and doing all this different stuff, I can, I did a video one time with uh, Omar. He's a UFC, he's a UFC fighter. And he got a buck 70, a buck 60. And, you know, haters and trolls said, oh, you, you punch slow. You know what I mean? You know how it is. Because yeah. I was hitting one time for power. Walk and, off water because you can't swim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so they, oh, you punch slow. This and that. I'm like, oh, okay, you think I punch slow? No problem. So I, bro, I, I UFC fighter, world champions that come into my gym every day. So I got him and I put him next to me. Yeah. And the guy, fast. And he, makes, he weighs 170 pounds, right? I yeah. weigh 240. <laughs> and striking was just as fast as his. My oh. comments were identical to his. So it, in my head, I've always been, because the average, the average operator isn't like us. The average guy, you, bro. The average guy is a buck 75, five foot, ten, yeah. five foot nine, okay, yeah. and can run like the wind. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they can, you know, and, and they're really fast and all this type of stuff, you know. So, exactly, they're quick, you know, and, and they, you know, it's you. always been that battle. It's always yeah. been that, you know, and, and people would always say, you know, you have the, the trolls again, you know, it's like, oh, you'd never make it as a Navy SEAL or you'd never do this. And, and I look at them and it's so funny because it's like, then you obviously don't know me. Yeah. You know, you don't know. Because at that point, if I decided one day to say that I wanted to go through butts and then I wanted to do all that stuff, do you really think that I'm <laughs> walking in there at 230 pounds? Right. Of course not. I'm going to prepare myself for a year to a year and a half. And I'm gonna walk in there at a buck eighty-five, a buck ninety, fucking solid. Yep. You know, and I'm gonna be able to run like the wind. I'm gonna be able to do everything. Now at that point, it's all fucking mental or, or, or you know, intestinal fortitude, and yep. don't get, you know what I mean? Don't get hurt. And don't get hurt. And the thing I think that they overlook is the mind that has created what you are right now in all these realms, business-wise, marketing, oh, like the mind that's behind all that stuff is really what it is to fear. Like this physical stuff, y'all are looking at like 30% of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? The real dangerous stuff is like uh, here and here. And I think- 100%, it's, it's, all, it's all, you know, it, you gotta kill me, bro. Yeah. That mindset is like, just my ego alone. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> My pride and ego, my pride and ego. You gotta, you got legs up. Don't have to kill me. Yeah, I'm right there with you, though. Yeah, forget about it. Just my pride and ego for the simple fact of like that's why when I started my business, 
everybody, all my cops, all everybody in the in the police were like, "You're fucking crazy. You're yeah. gonna end up. You got three or four years left just to retirement. This and that, Brody. At that oh, point, man, I'm dying. Do you think that I could fail? I, no matter what happened, I wasn't gonna fail because I wasn't gonna give those guys the satisfaction of seeing me fail. Exactly. But, you know. No, that's. No. Some people may say it's crazy, it's whatever, but it's just I don't. I honestly don't know any other any other way. Any other I don't. Way? No, that I, I'm the same way, man. I got, you know, let me uh, either conquer or death written across my my shoulders in Latin, you know, because it's I've been the same way, man. And it's like I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something in the EP space, and like people who love me are like, "Yo, you're gonna get blackballed from the industry. No one's gonna talk to you. You're too young, man. You can't start an EP school. You're di-. and they come and it's because they love me. You know, they're trying yeah. to give me this. I know they're trying to like, put about. And I just look at it and I just feel this thing and I'm like, mm, now I'm going, homie, and I'm going <laughs> to die. I mean, they're going to die or succeed and it'll be a good. Byron, Byron, do you know yeah. how many people, when I first started my company, how many fucking instructors were talking shit about me, bro? <laughs> and then they <laughs> just you know, wasting this and that and whatever, bro. Then two years later. Then two years later, you go on YouTube and everybody, everybody's hitting pads. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> shooting and fighting. Everybody's doing fitness shit, doing yep. pushing. Every come on, man. Same thing. Same thing here, man. Now everybody's got an app. Everyone's online. Everyone's got a podcast. Yep. Like, all they this have stuff the I was told tactical, them to do. They have the tactical games now. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? The yeah. tactical games. Like, I remember when they came at me with that, I was like, yo, I invented the concept, kid. I invented yeah. Concept. <laughs> I was I was flipping double tires on the range when nobody even knew what that you know what that was. I was get those tires. tires before I would go shoot. You know what I mean? Like, come on, yo. So, <laughs> killing me. Dude, this is good stuff. And success leaves clues unless you're clueless, y'all. So I hope you're listening, man. There's some literally. He's giving you some hacks. Like, there's some gold in here. I hope y'all are hearing it. Um, so for someone who's just starting out in the game or maybe a cop, it's like, well, geez, man, like I need to up my game. You know, where would you suggest starting? What type of regiment would you suggest looking at? You know, um, how would you suggest approaching this interdisciplinary way of becoming a protector? This is a sophisticated equation. Listen, there is, there is, there is no easy way, bro. I know. I know. <laughs> Everybody's like, yo, is there a hack? Is there a pill? There's no Still, it, like, like, it has to be a lifestyle, man. Yep. It has to be a lifestyle, period. Because um, it took me, it, 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 it's hard to, it's just like saying, to become situationally aware 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it has to be something that you don't think about. Right. It has to be Because if you constantly have to think about it, you get tired. Exactly. Yep. You get tired. You know, and um it police work being in plain clothes and being in the worst neighborhoods of miami and not knowing who is going to pull the gun out and not knowing this and not knowing all these different things or sitting in a car you know everybody's strapped up in a, in a uc car you know and then we're sitting in front of a house and the house has got six dudes and they're all strapped you know what i mean and they're looking at the car i was like is that a rival gang? Is that a, or is that, you know, know, I've never seen that car in this neighborhood before, you know, Um, all these different things, it, it it puts you on edge, right? So I was on edge for 15 years of my life, right? 
I see the evil. I saw the evil every single day. I seen some evil people. You've seen what yeah. people are capable of. The problem is the average person has never seen that. They never experienced it. That and is, that, that's that, the problem. That's, yeah. That's exactly why I post these real world violent situations all the time because I want a micro trauma. I want them to realize like that girl that I'm like, yo, don't sit in your car and send text messages. Get And they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, I have five sisters. Yeah, Byron, you're just a security guy. It'll never happen to me. I'm like, I don't want you to have to experience trauma to wake up. You know, I, I'm the same way. Like I, I was in Iraq. I was worried about getting blown up and, and shot all the time for, for years and stuff. So for me, it's like nice to be aware. Like I feel good when I got a good spot in the room and I, you know, but this micro trauma concept is like, how do I get someone who's never seen how black things can get like that any given, any given day, you know? And in my class in the Emporium, I expose people to that um, to the point where there, there is no winning. Hmm. There's no winning in some of my, in some of my scenarios. Okay. You don't, there's no wins. <laughs> you understand? It gets you to the point where I have to see that you're willing never to quit. It doesn't matter. You just keep, even though you know you're losing, even yeah. though you're even though you know you're gonna lose good you're gonna <laughs> lose with honor you know and that right? so, power it, it's understanding that it's understanding that you know i i'm gonna put them against a brazilian black belt and jiu-jitsu pro fighter yeah you're not getting that guy off of you like you're not getting him off and you're never never because he will you and he will go through the other 15 students and nobody will get him off you get right. me so it at that point, you see the person and you expose them to what is what could happen in real life, and they realize how vulnerable they are. Yeah. They, and then at that point, sometimes it, it clicks. It's like, holy fuck, I never want to be in that position ever in my life. Absolutely. Trauma. That fucking sucked. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just a glimpse. That's not real life. You know what I mean? Where like if you really got put in that position where you got a guy trying to fucking uh, gouge gouge your eye out like it happened to me or fish hook you like it happened to me. You know what I mean? And the guy's really trying to kill you, you know? Yeah. Then that's when everything is like, boom, 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 boom. You have all these lights going off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. You're well, like, this is real. Because even, even when shit happens to someone and it's like, it's happening and it's really happening right then and there, it takes them a second to realize this is fucking really happening. It's really happening. I'm getting punched in the face. I'm losing this. I'm getting hit. I'm getting punched in the face. This guy just punched me. This guy really punched me in the face. You can disassociate. You're like, I'm losing this fight right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. And they don't, and it does, and it becomes their body because they've never been exposed to it before. Right. They shock and they freeze. And, yeah. you know, even though I had a buddy of mine years ago. Yeah. Uh, officer and we go to what's called um a, it's a it's a mental health house so you know it's a house where a lot of crazy people live and we will get called there all the time uh stuff you know and um he this guy was on, on, the, on the team with me he was a SWAT guy with me and everything and but we were just act we weren't SWAT at the time we were just acting this is the beginning beginning of my career mm -hmm. and we go to the house and um we're dealing with a crazy person right but they got everybody's really calm cool and collect i yeah. get the secretary he's already there talking i yeah. get there hey look 
this is exactly this is what he tells me. Hey, you got to go check out the the chick that works here. She's hot. She's yeah. Hot, right? So I'm like, right, go talk to her because I'm primary, so I got to get the report anyway, right? So right. I get and I walk in. All of a sudden, as I pass him, I hear like a, you know, behind me. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I turn around. Now the guy is on the floor. One of the crazy guys is on the floor. And my buddy looks up at me and his fucking entire nose and mouth is covered in blood. And oh. I'm like, what the fuck happened? You know, and, and now at this point, I'm already running towards him, you know? Yeah. Um, needless to say that, you know, we had to fight with the guy and everything, right? The guy walked up to him and in his brain, the crazy guy in his brain, it said his brain told him that my buddy had had sex with his girlfriend. So punch him in the face. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen. For no reason. Completely <laughs> out of nowhere. He just gets punched out, in the face. Out of nowhere. Like, he was just standing there. The guy just walks up to him, looks at him, and just, bam! You know? And we had it on video. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> God. So, my, buddy, my buddy was almost as big as me. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. doesn't have the, the, the fighting background that I have, but, bro, he would grab a guy, and I see him, he grabbed, and he grabbed the kid, and picked him up in the air, and he slammed him on the ground, you know? Yeah. And, you could see in the video where he gets hit, bam, and then he just stops and looks for one split second, like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm a cop, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then he gets hit it. Once it clicked on him that the guy the guy hit him and it was he was aggressive towards him, then he just right. fucking went to work, you know? Right. Um, but it shows you it's like that split, you had that second that if you're not waiting for it right it's gonna take you a split second for your uda to kick in you know uh -huh. for the uda, you saw what happened now you got now you got to orient yourself okay this is what fucking happened right damn what am i gonna do now and it's it's i think it's even worse for civilians that have zero experience yeah. with they people. live in their yeah they they're like why me this can't be happening they gotta cycle through all these superficial thoughts why me this can't be happening i can't believe this is happening what am i gonna do and, and you know whereas somebody who's dealing with these types of things and training and i always say protection is more than just a job it's a lifestyle like that's our slogan 100 because the things you do when you're not working are the things that are going to carry you in these moments you know and if you don't have if you don't have that mentality to where you can accept it because you've lived in that chaos and get to work man you're gonna be you can be on the wrong side of the action really yeah that, that, you know i always tell a lot of people a lot of bad things happen um to people that put themselves in bad places yeah i i, I, I see you know, Things happen to people who put themselves in stupid situations, man. Yeah, like, and, you know, and that's the key. I was like, if you're not there, now, granted, you know, a lot of the situations you can't help. Maybe it's the way that you walk home. Maybe it's the way that you, you know what I'm saying? And it happens to be that you crossed the wrong guy at the wrong day, right? Um, but a lot of times people go out there, you're like, I don't go to Miami Beach anymore, bro. I don't go to the beach anymore. For what? What yeah. do you do? You're gonna find out there is problems. Uh, I'm right there with you, bro. I don't, I don't, I just don't have any desire to go to those types of places anymore. Too many, it's two people, stupid people in one place. Exactly. exactly. So like, I'll have the homies over, I'll go to a lounge, maybe like uh, period, period. Yeah. And then when I do go to a lounge, I get my own place, my own area. You my know own. what I mean? <laughs> Where we're surrounded by all of us. 
All of us, yep. I was talking about that last night with my girls. Like, if I ever go to one of them places again, I'm going to have my own spot. I'm going to get taken from the short line to my spot. And that's it. Don't do it any other way. I don't care if I have to go to the bathroom and come back. (laughs) Because it gets to the point where, and I worked at clubs down here in Miami, and, bro, it was nobody tough. How can I say this? The tough guys won't ever start issues. The guys that start issues are always the guys that have four or five friends. Yep. And, <laughs> and the little dudes with four or five and, friends. Yeah. And then they, they, you know, and I feel bad for the guys that go with their girlfriends and they're walking around and that fucking guy grabs their ass or they starts talking. Yeah. Stupid stuff like that, you know, and, and, and Miami's bro, it's rough. Miami here, a weekend, Miami beach, Labor Day now and, and Memorial. It's a fucking, it's a disaster. Yeah. You, can't even live in the beach so that that those those couple of three or four weeks yeah. because car gets destroyed, broken into. You know what I mean? Um, you can't drive anywhere. Obviously, the traffic is a, everybody. You know, it's a disaster, and, and they have everything blocked off. And have, it's just been over the years. It's gotten to a point where it's like I don't even go over there. I stay on the west side of Miami, bro. I my gym is on the east side, which is Winwood, the Winwood little Haiti area. Yeah. Um, but I go there to my gym. <laughs> and go in the gym yeah that's it you know and, and so it, it's you know but i understand like the, the thing what people don't get it man and, and you're always going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it and all the instructors are going to talk about it the poor right. um what happened here something oh, okay here we go okay breaking out some some film and all the instructors, you know they're, they're always always going to preach that lifestyle man it's just a lifestyle Absolutely. No, it really is, man. And, and avoiding stupid things. And yeah, on that question, where do I start? You just get started. The sooner you start, the sooner you finish. You get a membership at a, yeah. at a May gym. You get a member. You go ahead and you train with some people at the range. You get ongoing training. You don't go yeah. to a training event. You get ongoing training. We'll be in Florida at the symposium. Well, get on with, with the group. Listen, and, and I'm going to say it there on the, when I have those guys in front of me, I'm going to be like, well, look, if you think that this, this, what you're leading, you're teaching, what you're learning from us for four hours, it's is going it? to, this is only a glimpse. This exactly. is the, this is, you're, you're going to retain maybe 3% of what we teach you. Right. And this, you don't continue to do what we taught you, or you don't continue to get further training and get more reps in. Then within a year, within six months, even, you're going to forget most of the stuff that we taught you. Yeah, you it's know? exposure. This is exposure. That's what it is. It's exposure. Absolutely. It's, it's okay. Holy shit. You know, I need a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's what's possible, you know? So yeah. on that, let's go into what are you going to be teaching for the symposium, man? What does everyone get to look forward to? So the it's pretty much going to be student performance, a student performance-based exposure. It's pretty much what it's going to be. So it's going to be four hours, um, and you're going to be getting a little bit of everything. You're going to be getting um, fighting, you're going to be shooting, and you're going to be doing fitness. So you're going to be doing all three things. Now, the main reason is what I want to do to the student is I want to expose them and show them their flaws and show them what they're capable and what they're not capable of doing. Where they are on the echelon of where does your performance decrease at what heart rate? So if you're at 130 beats per minute, does your performance start decreasing at there? Or does it take you 50, 160? You know what I'm saying? And then it's going to teach you at the same time, I need to work on, on ground fighting or I need to work on grappling or I need to work on strike on striking nice. or I need shooting, you know, or I need to work on my physical fitness is garbage. You know what I'm saying? 
like I ain't gonna make it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm exposing all the students to all these different scenarios and teaching them at the same time on how their body reacts to their heart rate, mm -hmm. to fatigue, to um, adrenaline, to all these different things, you know? So that way, when they leave my, those four hours, you know, um, they can say to themselves, man, I need work on this, I need work on that, holy shit. That exposed a lot of weaknesses that I have. I got to get to work, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, it's like I tell you, they, they'll teach only one specific thing. But in reality, every conflict that you have at some point or another, um, let's take away, take away the gun, right? The gun aspect, lethal aspect of it. Every aspect has some of those things that I teach, right? right? Um, There's a spectrum of things so, that are yeah. happening. It's Correct. Escalating. You have a chance to go physically. To go you're at 80 beats per minute, yep. all the way to 150. Yep. You know, and between that that 80, 80 to 150, it's gonna be where the fuck are you in that in that in the in all of those? You know what I'm saying? In all that area, mm -hmm. and how proficient are you in each three of these genres? Um, and those three genres are what make you a full, if I would say, a full proficient person that is able to protect yourself and to protect your family that's awesome yeah you know i think it's ridiculously important because uh i think a lot of guys have a false sense of security in, even in things they train like yo i'm on the range and i was who was i training with the other day he was like we're gonna mix it up because when you're training literally everything in your environment is designed for your comfort it ain't like that. So you, yeah, you can shoot good after you're warmed up, you know, and you know, you're out here, you know, doing your job, but cold and on demand. And then when's the last time you got your heart rate up? Like, what can you really do with these types of, 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 of well, factors? Like, what I call the shoot fast guys, right? So I, <laughs> if you go to a one second draw guys, Instagram. Yeah. He doesn't do anything else. <laughs> he doesn't do anything else. Yeah, so and it gets to a point where I was like, yo, I know that you can shoot fast and I know that you can shoot faster and I know you can shoot faster than one second. But what else can you do? Right. What if a guy punches you in the face? What are you going to do? Yeah. Like what, what if you're at the bar and you couldn't carry your gun? Yeah. What if you go for your gun? And the, what if you go for the gun and the guy grabs your gun? What are you going to do? <laughs> or you can't earn your job because you're not strong enough to earn that track. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It, 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 and that's my issue is everybody trains what they're good at yeah all the time you're good at something you want to highlight that what you're good at so you continually you try to you know become really great at that like the best the best then but it gets to the point where um it that gets to the point where it's like okay you're great at this you're an expert i will call you a master at this yeah what are you good at anything else yeah or you're one trick pony yeah and what if anything else happens then what? <laughs> when the when when how about when that one second draw didn't do you any good and something else happened because as a civilian, yeah. as a civilian, probably ninety percent of all conflicts will start ninety no ninety seven or ninety eight percent will all start in a physical confrontation. Yeah, it start. You may be that one percent that actually oh, rest shooter. You know what I mean? Or one percent, maybe that one video that we saw, a guy, the guy rolls up and pulls out a gun and he fucking did the one second draw on the guy in flip flops. You yeah. may be that guy, but if it doesn't, if that's not the perfect scenario, 
you know, um, it gets to the point where it's like, bro, you got to start training in other stuff, man. You know, we know that you're good at that. I want you, I want you to better yourself at that point, you know, yeah. what really are you trying to do? Is it an, is it, is it for all entertainment? Because everybody does entertainment on Instagram, right? I have videos that I've done things that aren't part of my training program, that they're entertainment. Me jumping over a car head first, rolling out of it, and jumping hurdles isn't really part of my curriculum. It's so cool, though, man. <laughs> it is, it, but it shows you what you're capable of doing. So at yeah. that point, something like that is more intestinal fortitude. It's more me giving myself a gut check at that point saying, I think I could do this, but I'm risking a lot, but I have to do this because I have to prove it to myself that I can do this, yeah. right? Um, and it took me 30 minutes to work the balls up to do that. Until that angles like, all right. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I mean, that the wrong landing can cost yeah. me my shoulder, my neck, my back, whatever it is. So, you know, it, it's a thin line between that, you know? A lot of the shit that you do in a regular training program isn't going to be fit for Instagram because it's going to fucking be boring, you know? 100%. No, that's true. Solid, man. I love it. Exposing those weaknesses. That's one of the most valuable things, you know, that people that want to get better will take away from it, man. Absolutely. 100%. Any advice to the ladies that are thinking about coming out that are a little intimidated by the curriculum? They shouldn't be. I mean, by my, absolutely not. I have women, I have taught in full day classes, you know what I mean? With full, the whole thing, you know, um, that have the firearm ever. Like the first time that they ever grabbed the firearm was within my class. And they do better than the guys. Mm. The girls do better than the guys because the girls are sponges, bro. Yeah. The girls, no ego. Oh, so what you tell them to do, they will do it to the T. And believe it or not, bro, let me tell you, women, or at least a chick that decides to say, hey, I'm going to come to this class. Women have brought it. They're better. So 90% of the time, they're better than the guys. They won't yeah. quit. They'll fight to the death, you know, because they they feel like they they have to prove something. Yeah. And and the women, uh, uh, I've had classes, several classes where the women outshine the guys. Several classes. Outstanding. You know? I recommend always to always, you know, take, you know, uh, courses for guns and, and especially knives. I'm a huge proponent of women and knives. Just mainly because it's very concealable compared to like a gun. And women tend to be smaller and faster than a bigger and stronger guy. And with a knife, if you're if you're faster and smaller, you're gonna have a lot of fun making a lot of cuts <laughs> on a bigger dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's an in-close weapon. That's so if I mean. ambush works, yeah. you know, if the ambush yeah. works and you got a gun, you you gotta do some things to really implement that weapon. <laughs> If, they grab, if they grab you and you got to implement a knife, that's the weapon you want in that space. 100%. It's a close quarters weapon, and it's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, if a woman is proficient with a knife, she's probably deadlier with a knife than it is with a gun. Because yeah. a gun, oh, remember, that there's only one way that the bullet comes out of. So the right. gun has got you are, you know, pointed at you. The knife, every motion that you do with the knife, once the blade is out, is a cutting motion. Every with your hands cuts, stabs, whatever. So if you're caught up, if the guy grabs you and you're able, you have that knife in your pocket, and you grab that knife. Even if you're grabbed like this, which with a gun you couldn't do anything. With that knife, he's gonna have his intestines out and off. He's gonna, <laughs> gonna be all over the floor. 
by the, by the time the guy lets you go. You get me? You know what I mean? So it's, it's um, to me, I, I've been a big proponent of that for females. Just a lot of more knife, 50% go more knife, you know, because it, it, it the guy will have more. Um, remember, a guy feels comfortable with a female because he's stronger. So he's right. always going to closer to you, grab you, hug you, throw you on the ground compared to a guy where he's going to keep his distance because he doesn't want to get knocked out. Right. You know, a girl wants with a knife. A girl wants to got to get closer to him to be like that. Because once that knife starts cutting, it's going to be too late. Yeah. It's By the time he starts realizing he's getting hit, you hit him. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. It's over. It's already, the, the, it's only a matter of time before the guy is going to bleed out. You know, right. especially if the person knows how to fight with a knife. That's so amazing. That's the killer right there. See, because it's not the person with a knife just stabbing you a random, you know, whatever. I'll play, you know, random stuff. Because a person that knows how to do something with a knife doesn't even have to be like a, a master or nothing, but no. they know how to cut. They know where to cut. You know what yeah. I'm saying? At that point, it, it, every cut that they do is is bro, it's life threatening. It's a timer. It's just a timer. Time. Yeah. You know. So uh, I'm a big proponent of that for the nice. female. I dig it, man. I'm looking forward to it. I've always wanted to train with you. So, you know, that's half the reason. I was like, yo, I'm going to create an event. <laughs> and I'm going to get down there and train with my oh, you're, gonna, you're not only going to train with me. You're going to yeah. be training with the entire team. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somebody get some one-on-one. -on -one, all, all the other instructors are probably coming with one guy or them. Yeah. yeah. I'm bringing probably three or four dudes with me. So standing, and we're gonna have—I mean, the class sizes are gonna be maybe a little over ten. We're gonna keep them real small, so everyone's gonna get a lot of high touch attention. Work, yeah, a lot everyone's of work. So, I've always been the proponent of an eight-hour class. If you have ten bodies in four hours, and everybody knows how to do the, you know, work the fundamentals, you know, right. get a lot, a lot of them, because it's the that. If you hey, let's say you have a 10 to 15, you know, person class and three guys out of the 15 guys can't shoot the gun or they don't know how to work the fundamentals very well, it's gonna, bro, that class is gonna lag. Right. Because you're working at their speed, you know? So where you can get done so much more, you know what I'm saying? With someone who knows already what they're doing and get done a lot of work, now you have to slow the entire class down to be as as much as you can teach as those three guys can take in. Right. You know. And that's yeah. done with, with like teaching beginners, you know, in a four hour course. Because of four hours, you're literally, you know, in four hours, you're teaching a brand new class. The first hour alone is just, it's just uh, verbal and, and uh, a dry fire. And make sure <laughs> you're not going to kill me or shoot yourself. <laughs> 100%. You know, so that already, and by the time that they, they get loaded up and this and that, you got literally an hour and a half, two hours of actual shooting, you know. But if you can get in there and you get loaded up and ready to go in that first hour, 30 minutes, then you're golden. You're going to have a good solid three and a half hours of, of, of running and gunning, you know, like, you know, ah, going, going ham. And there's not going to be any breaks, obviously, in those four hours. You're just literally, whatever break you're doing is to go load up, you exactly. know. Work. That's the way I see it, you know. Yeah. Gonna, I want my students to get work. I don't want them to be sitting around or standing around. You know, while, you know, only one person does. A lot of scenarios that I do or drills, I like to have three three guys working at the same time, two guys, four guys, you know, get in the habit of, of you're just going in like this the whole time. Yeah. yeah. If there's some guys that are lagging, you're going to have the coaching staff there that can, they can actually help them out. That's a huge That's the problem. Yeah. 
You had there's two things you could do. One, you 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 have to stop the class and go as fast as they can go. Or two, you have to pull them aside, have them work something completely separate, and have the rest of the class doing that. Which I don't like to do that because then you kind of almost alienate those guys, mm-hmm. you know. And like, man, but they got a different class than I did, you know. Now, granted, they're mm-hmm. not class yeah. standards, yeah. you know. But you know, you never want to make somebody feel like that because then uh-huh. you're like. Yeah, you want to keep everybody in the group tight together, and and that's it. And even if you got to slow it down, you slow it down. It's gonna be good, man. I can't wait. Real quick, let's hit a few of the uh, uh, real world scenario or two, and then all right, then on your way, man. Boom, boom, boom. The starting is even bad already. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what do you see? That's the first mistake right there. <laughs> you got one in your hands. Don't let anyone grab you or touch you. Number one. Serious. So eight seconds. yeah so i I wonder i wonder what he looked around for it was you think police or what yeah to me it looks like a difference between intimidation and actual man of action like when i look at my guy he looks like he's probably a marine or something like he 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 knows what he's doing yeah He's already decided he's going to punch the other dude in the face. Oh, here, yeah. In his brain, he was just looking for the right opportunity. Exactly. I, I, I think when he turns around and he and looks around, he's like, let me make sure there's no cops around. We good? We good? Go. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Literally. And the other, I don't know. I guess the other guy, like, he must have reached out to him and he put his hand down just to make sure that he wasn't, he didn't touch him or nothing like that. So yeah. he controlled his lead hand, which was yeah. obviously, and then I, I'll tell you like this, him turning his head, he felt comfortable enough to turn his head around, knowing that the other guy wasn't going to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because in reality, see what he does right there. You do that to me. And by the time you turn your head back around, you're already, I already took your teeth out. You're sleeping. Yeah. I wouldn't, you never turn your head like that, but I think he just felt comfortable and he knew that the other guy wasn't going to do nothing. And he's like, fuck it. That's it. I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) Exactly. It was a good combo. Left hook, right cross, boom, it's over. Absolutely. And you can, because you can hear a guy, oh boy, in the gray shirt, his arms up, his rear right arms up, and he's got something in his hand. Actually, it looks like he's got an asp in his hand. He's got one of those telescopic asps in this upper right, his, his upper right hand. It's raised to the dude right now. You can kind of see. Oh, is that what it is? He's got an asp? Yeah, like in the corner of the screen coming right over. Oh, the- yeah, I can see it now. I didn't see yeah, it before. Yeah, he's like threatening to beat this dude up, and the dude's just like, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you oh. out. See, that changes that changes a little bit now because the guy's got a weapon absolutely yeah. but it's crazy like you know what i think his the guy he knew that this guy was just talking and he was green shirt dude knew he was like you're you're yeah. just talking but i'm gonna knock you out for this <laughs> fucking pulling pulling an ass on me period and 100 justified by the way yeah no that's a lethal weapon man yeah absolutely 100 justified Here's another one. This one's another uh, physical one. Let's see here. Boom. But that last one was a difference between intimidation and actual a combatant. Like, oh, <laughs> you know. All right, let's see what we got here. Uh, 23 seconds. I saw that one, yeah. And then the kid rolls up. Is that a kid or what? It looks like a freaking 13-year-old kid, like a 10-year-old kid. Is that or a, or a little, like a, somebody who's really tiny? 
Yeah, man. No, he's, it looks like it's like a little kid. He had robbing people with him, man, and then dude sleep. Um, Let me see one more time. Yeah, man. Let's see one more time. What does he have in his hands? Is that papers? Yeah, it looks like he was going into a bank or something or running some errands, man. Yeah. yeah that was a classic example of um, getting out of the in your own world, period. Yeah. That wasn't like you know, it, I actually, when I, what I do is a lot of times, um, I've gotten in the habit of when I park my car, Yeah. I always look um, to any vehicles that are adjacent or behind me. So like I, you know, I, I usually always park back, you know, backwards in, right? So that I, I'll, I'll sit in my car and out of habit, not that, that I want to do it, but out of habit, I always look at my left, look at the right and look at all the cars around here. And then I'll step out of the car and then I'll look behind me because I have a truck. So I'll open the car, come out, and then I'll look behind me to see what vehicles are behind me. Just right. to see, you know, and the main reason I do that is because it, it's been so many years that um, breaking into cars and, and teams that follow people outside of like uh, Best Buy and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff, you know, that I just got in the habit of it. But that could have been avoided, you know. I mean, could it have been avoided? I want to say like this. Mm. And I want to be realistic here, right? It would have never happened to a guy like me or you. Right. Because we're constantly looking and looking around or whatever it may be, right? But let's just say maybe if this guy was even looking around. Yeah. The, this guy, he knew exactly how to do, how to do a, a, an AT, ACTR. He put him in a fucking choke and he put him to sleep quick. Yep. Could that have actually fought that other guy off, even if he was paying attention? That's yep. the question, you know? Yeah, that's a question. And 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 if he was paying attention, would it have been maybe if that guy had seen him coming, would it have been enough deterrence for him not to be chosen? Like, who knows? Exactly. You know, like maybe it would have at that point, because he, you could see number one that he's an older guy. Yeah, you could see number one that he's out of shape because he's heavy. He's a heavy stomach, right? Yeah. And the other guy was taller, bigger. He knows a little bit. He, he put him into a, a a legit choke, you know. Yeah. And it was quick. It was fast. So I'm thinking, okay, even if he sees a guy coming and he punches him in the face, he knocks him down to the ground. You know, is that guy really going to be able to defend himself anyways? Right. You know, so kudos to the bad guy. Yeah. Picked the and, and, you know, like, and, and to a lot of that too, I say, you know, self-defense, personal protection is about the self. You know, if you don't have the physical capabilities, get the weapon, get the equalizer, invest in the training, you know, like, and, and, and another thing too, man, that kills me is, People think that the protection game is all about the tools and the hardware. Yo, the right software. You know, if yeah. that guy would have seen, hey, like you said, you park your car, you look, you have SA around your vehicle. Yeah. Who's watching? Who's watching me? You know, I'm watching who's watching, who are the other predators in the environment. It's like, if you would have seen that or could read that, maybe you could have just drove off. You know, maybe you could have just. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Stayed away or stayed out of that, like, yo, I don't trust that guy. Let me take another lap in the parking lot, you know. But see, um, people, listen, people don't think like that, Byron. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I what got world are you living in, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yo, yo, <laughs> my spidey senses are, our spidey senses are like right out. Listen to me, listen to me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're thinking to yourself, listen to what you're saying. You're like, that guy doesn't look very, you know, he looks at it, let me get in my car and let me get out of here. First of all, number one, yeah. even all that and you weren't working you're gonna be like that guy doesn't look very good but i'm gonna get out because i hope he comes and talks and he, 
does something to me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish a mother would. <laughs> say that but yeah. i got he's gonna look at that <laughs> even though he looks kind of you know, like eh, i don't know ah he ain't gonna do nothing Bump that dude i'm going to my store yep that's, that's <laughs> yeah that's how it's gonna be the only one that i would i could say do that maybe um would be a female where the guy is like looks creepy you know or and yeah. she looks like uh, let me go park somewhere else you know what i mean something like that but not no guy no 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 you're 100 right and the uh the other thing that makes that that dude his camouflage really effective is he had a kid with a man. You discount we discount mams like military age males if they have family with them almost like automatically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I see a dude with a kid, I'm like he's got a kid with him. Like you know, like I'm, yeah. I don't think he wants to have any kind of problem. You know, that's of course, of course. camouflage. Uh, let's but see. even even military guys with kids will be like, hold up, grab my kid real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, take these kids right quick. We handle. Give me one second. <laughs> what were you saying again? Yeah, I'm trying to go to Valhalla tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, solid. Let's see the last one here. A little more involved. Dude's getting ready to get it on. The dude with the shirt off always goes to jail from what I heard. <laughs> Bro. There. Boom. Yeah, so me hands all right. Oh, he's, 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 his hands are good, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, he looked like he knew what he was doing. Boom! Hey, that takedown was good. And then straight to Neon Belly. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Easy money. The security does everything right. He doesn't, um, you know, he, he gets attacked. He, he takes it. He does a, a, a sweep, takedown. The guy with the shirt on <clears throat> is an idiot, probably drunk, too aggressive, and um, got his ass beat. And then what I like about what the security guard did, which is very, very important, um, he, does, he never commits to a side control or to full commitment to him. He stays knee on belly. So he, if anybody else goes to attack him or something, he can e easily get back up. You know what I mean? He's not. Uh, he's not going to get like. He's not married to that position. You know what I'm he, he's still upright, which is really important in a crowd control situation where you have guys around you filming. You know. Yeah, no, that's huge. He's got that situational awareness and the and the positioning to make moves. I dig it, man. And you're right, 100 right. And it looked like he used restraint. Like this is selling security right here. He's yeah, not he off the dude. You know, he's, he's the guy that you hire. <laughs> he's like hired. Exactly. So he goes for a security job. He just shows that video. Here you go. He's exactly, like, man. No, I loved it. <laughs> he navigated that like a G for sure. Let's see. He did very well. Outstanding, man. Well, boom, man. This has been great. I got a few, just a closing question or two. Um, a habit that you think makes you a better person or a protector that you think people should consider? Uh, a habit? 
Yeah, like a daily thing or a weekly thing that people should look at. I would, um, let me see. A habit would be probably getting in the habit of staying off your goddamn phone. Ooh. You know what I mean? Until you get situated. So if you're going from your car, you know, from, from your vehicle to a restaurant or from wherever you're walking or whatever you're doing, get in the habit of getting, staying off your phone, putting your phone uh, in your pocket or your hand and paying attention as you're walking, obviously looking around. you. Um, even I would say like this, even in police work, the tunnel vision that people get is just incredible. Um, we would get bolos all the time for armed robbery. You got a bolo, black car, three guys in the car, whatever, this and that, whatever. And I mean, situations, no lie, where we're in a literally like a convoy going towards the area mm-hmm. and the bolo is put out. And because the cops are so like, you know, tunnel vision, hearing the car going there, that the car passes right in front of them. The bolo vehicle like that right there from her. So uh, I've always been the type, yeah. So in police work, the difference between a good cop and a great cop, right, yeah. is what cop knows to be at the right place at the right time more often, hmm. right? So with with experience, yeah. you get a call, whatever call it, homicide, armed robbery, home invasion, or whatever they may be. You have to learn the habits of your city, how they come in and how they come out. Hmm. You never go directly straight to the to the scene because the, the guy's gone. That's why they're putting out a bolo, you know what I mean? So as you're coming in, there's two things to do. You either come in through the outskirts or wait on the outskirts. Meaning that like, this is the, I know the guy has to go Northwest to get out of the city this way or Northwest to get out this way or this way. All right, I'm the closest, my route is through here. All right, so I'm gonna take the outskirt. That street is what they're gonna use to leave. Or am I just going to wait on the exit ramp, depending on where it, where it is, right? And that's how you catch the bad guys, putting yourself in the right place. Once you know how to do that, you start to catch the bad guys more often. Yeah. And always ask me, he's like, bro, how, how do you always end up, you know, you're a fucking magnet. How do you always end up, you know, getting that? And I was like, well, I know how to put myself in the right place when I hear a call go out, you know? And sure enough, once you learn how to do that, I remember tons of times where everybody, I would see all the cops running lights and sirens. And I was going the opposite way in my UC car. And everybody was like, where the fuck is he going? <laughs> Later, 726 priority, I got a subject vehicle northbound. You know what I mean? It was like, I, it was because after a while, you, it, it's like they all have the same mentality, bro. A yeah. bad guy has the same they don't know where they're they're going somewhere to do a crime they're driving in circles to find the opportunity yeah. but they don't know where the fault they are right wow, so they're fixed on what they're doing that's it they're they're not doing crimes where they live no crimes in other hoods in other places or other you know what i mean so mm-hmm. they don't know that area very well they're going to drive around that area looking for a victim yeah. and they don't know what streets they're on so what yeah. happens there's the victim boom uh, opportunity hits they get the victim to do the armed robbery they're going to the house to do the home invasion they come out and they're always going to take the easiest route back wow. to their back to where they know or back if it's a chain snatch they go back to the flea market or back to a place where they know they can sell the chain for cash 
Wow. Right. So once you learn those avenues and you learn those outlets, I would say out of 10 robberies, you end up getting like four or five. It's like a 50 50. Yeah. You know? Outstanding. I got you. Boom. And sure enough, you see the car coming down. Bam. Yeah. Hey, you light them up and it's on. You know, and the chase is on. You know, yeah. what happens to cops is, or what happens to everybody, not only cops, but EP guys, yeah. uh, Marines, and, and, and it, when your adrenaline hits and when you start processing all this information so quickly, you're, everything that you think, everything where you should actually slow down and try to process everything, you're only thinking about one thing. And you're so concentrated on that one thing that everything else to you is oblivious. Goes black. And goes black. Whether it's in a gunfight, whether it's in a, a normal fight, whether it's in a car chase, whether it's looking for a bad guy, in EP work, maybe you're you have a client and it's three or four of you guys, and now the first your first decoy comes up to you and starts doing shit. There it is. Yeah, you get sucked in. Information's gone. Boom. Boom. And the real then it smokes your client. Yep. Yep. That's real. That's very real. It's it happens like that in everything, whether it's an active shooter, whether a a um an armed robbery, they have the first guy that comes up to you and talks to you, and the second guy comes behind you with the gun. But yeah. there's always some kind of de- a decoy de- to to deceive you. You know, you can't get caught up so, on that yeah. first initial. Yeah, that first thing you have to you access it. You not you you acknowledge it, but as you're acknowledging it, you are contemplating everything else. The mission always stays true. The fundamentals always stay true. And that's the that's the problem that a lot of guys that are new yeah, get man. caught up. They don't they don't tend to like sit back for a split second and say, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, sit back for a split second and be like, "All right, I see you." Right. Why am I seeing you? Exactly. And and why why sure. what are you doing? What you're doing for? What what what's the purpose of that? And then the first thing, as you know, as I know, hands. Yeah. Hands are doing you. Right. So people get caught up on. Anger, face, yeah. emotion. Ah, fuck you. Yeah, loud noises. All you want from where you are, but you don't do nothing to me. Yeah, you're cool. I'm an EP job or, or as a cop or whatever. You're uh-huh. over there, all this stuff. Okay, you stay over there. I, I, I see you. I see you. I see your hands. Your hands are good. You're clear. Now let me concentrate on what's going on around me. Okay, yeah. I see you. Hands are still good. I'm not going to stop everything that I'm doing to go warm and to attack you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying, and 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 that prime for that prime example, that day that those two cars passed that car it was armed robbery. It was an actual armed robbery, and yeah. my buddy Richard Quitero, um, which me and him were like, you know, uh, together. And he actually teaches with me when I do the Leo stuff. Um, Medal of Honor recipient, you know, uh, multiple honor officer of the month and all this different type of stuff, Medal right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a uh, active shooter guy killed seven people. The team went in. Our team went in, and and uh, it was an HR. It was a full out gunfight and everything, and uh, and um, they ended up, we ended up saving the 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 two lives. Wow. Yeah. yeah, between the guys that I bring to teach my courses, like 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 my law enforcement courses, you know, uh, are my two buddies Luis Sevilla and Richard Quintero. Between the three of us, we have Medal of Valor, Medal of Valor. Two officers of the years, uh, double-digit officer of the officer of the months, probably about 
eight or nine officer of the quarters, officer life-saving award, and, and God knows how many fucking commendations. I don't even know how many these motherfuckers have, but uh, that and the fact that the experience that you're getting probably have like 3,000 ops under all, all three of us, you know? 3,000 3, plus because they're still active. They're still, yeah, they're still out there working, you know? They're both supervisors, uh, team leaders. But Servia is like my older brother. Servia um, ended up... Uh, bringing me on he was he has four years on me and he ended up bringing me on he's also a navy vet he was in the navy before he became a cop and uh he's on now shit 22 23 years um and full he's been swat his entire career a year years on um and uh and then richard quintero came on he was a cop before me and he was canine and mm. uh, came on swat i think four three or four years after i did um but I mean, the amount of car chases, the amount of shootings, the amount of uh, fights, bailout, and all those type of things that we used to get into back in the day. It was us. It was always us together. It was us yeah. three because we were part of this unit, you know, bro. It was a constant. It was we used to fight for who was going to get the, the the clusterfuck award, you know, <laughs> where it was like car chase, crash, bailout, perimeter. Like you all know? One. Yeah. Who was going to get it this week? You know, and we, and we all. Uh, it was a, you know, but those guys, man, honestly, I knock on wood. Mm -hmm. uh, I trust those guys with my life, you know. Yeah. Uh, Maria, uh, you know, I would stay late, and this is the stuff that I never forget. Yeah. I I would pick up a, a Grand Theft Auto, like a stolen car, and it was parked. Yeah. But it was go, you know, it was time for us to leave, and um, I was like, no, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna wait till it gets occupied, you know, and. I'm like, yeah, you guys take off. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. You know, I got it. Don't worry about it. They wouldn't leave. And they would just stay with you. See, man, I, I, my heart, like I, I, my heart breaks for guys that never experienced that, man. Yeah. You know I mean, that never get to experience like what men and people in combat, what, how that ends up bonding you, man. And it's just, just a thing. You know, you're, 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 and your, your stuff is everything is, it's compiled. And what I tell the difference between, you know, the military guys and the law enforcement guys, well, let me just say law enforcement guys in the bigger cities, you know, that have a lot of crime because, you know, you can have a guy on and the guy, the worst thing he's ever handled was a, a, an alarm, you know, but yeah. you know, talk about, talk about LA, Chicago, you know, New York, Miami, you know, those yeah, bigger doing like a deployment for a lifetime, basically. Like every yeah. time they gear up, they're going basically out into the field. Yeah. And I try to explain to them, you know, uh, war like for you, you did two deployments or three deployments, right? Whatever, up to four, whatever. All compounded. So what you're doing is you're getting hit with a fucking sledgehammer on your head. Bam! bam for three or four years, right? Yeah. Ah, in those cities that's like full-time, you know, that they're running and gunning all the time, it's like a small little hammer chipping away. Beep, like beep. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. But for in 20, 25 years. Very wow. small. And it's doing this to you but the trauma in the yeah. long run is is close to the drama of, of a short amount of span you know uh, it, it's different it's a different type of ptsd 100%. you know so it, it, i try to explain that to people and granted not all departments are like that uh, <laughs> yeah. departments are equal you're made equal yeah. yeah departments are like that and we're also talking in a different era you know, we're talking about in the early 2000s, mid 2000s era before the teens came around yeah. where it was still, 
you know, we were, it was still the wild, wild west where you were still getting into the car chases. You were still, you could still go after bad guys. Yeah. Because now armed robbery happens, Polo goes out, you pick up the car and they, they cancel you. And they're like, hey, I'll cancel. You know what I'm saying? The guy another 15, 20 more times by the end of the week. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, what do you got, what you got for me, buddy? What else you got? Yeah, man. Last uh, last major question. How would you like to be remembered? Wow. Um, I would like to be remembered for an individual that gave his all and everything that he did and that his work ethic was never questioned. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people can question everything they want about me, about who I am, about my personality, about this, about that. I may be an asshole. I may be this, I may be that, whatever. But they can never question my work ethic. Yes. I've been asked for a very, very long time. You know, And I think um, on social media and all of that, it, it, it has shown people what a, a human is capable of doing with hard work, um, you know, and come with nothing, you know, uh, I'm tired of people and the excuses, the excuses because of your race, the excuses because you were grow you grew up in the hood, excuses because all this type of stuff, you know, I, I, I came up from immigrant parents with absolutely nothing. And my parents never once allowed me to make an excuse about the color of my skin or where you came from. The bottom line was always, you live in America now, and in America, if you dream, what you dream can come true. Yeah. And to this day, it's still true. You know what I'm saying? We're still at that point. Will we be there in 20 years? I don't know. But right now, at this point, regardless yeah. of where you come from, who you, you know, uh, what your background is, where you lived, you know, it doesn't matter. If you really want to get out and do something with your life in the United States of America, you can't, you know. And a lot of people have forgotten that. Yeah. You know, but yes. people... Victim. They play a lot of that victim card, you know what I'm saying? And when I hear that, it's like, bro, being you're talking a different language, big dog. Yep. I'm right there with you. Victim, victim, not in my vocabulary. I don't believe, you know what I'm saying? Now you tell me you live in Mexico or you live in, you know what I'm saying? I know. You live in Afghanistan, you know what I'm saying? You you yeah. might be a yeah, you might be a victim, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a whole other ball game. You, yeah, there you might be a victim, and then I, I will. You're absolutely correct, but here in the states, bro, here in the states, you got even people that be in the states that don't even have papers, man. Right. They don't have papers. They become freaking business. They own businesses. They make six figures. They make. They become millionaires, and they're not even a fucking resident. They're driving the truck they always wanted, man. And yeah, you bro. think they're just mowing your lawn like you yeah. feeling sorry for them? There ain't no way in hell you're a citizen, bro. You <laughs> He's like, yeah, but I get you. You know what I'm saying? But we going to make sure I, your, your house is taken. Bro, I used to, as a cop, I would stop people, right? And I look at this guy, and I'm like, how long you been here in the United States? Oh, I've been a year and a half. And you're driving a $250,000 car? How did you do that? And I've been here my whole life. Right? Yeah, <laughs> man. It's like... There's an edge, bro. There's an immigrant edge. My dad's from the Bahamas. I was born in the Bahamas, the same thing. And he would be like, that victim stuff, that's African-American stuff. We don't believe in that here. And he would he would literally tell me, he's like, we ain't like them. He's like, you're going to work hard. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. He was an entrepreneur. You know, 
And it's the same thing. It's saving from those mentalities. The Haitians. The Haitians. They, if I've told you how many times that I've had a Haitian tell me, hey, dope, uh, I'm not black, uh, African-American. Da, 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 da. I'm, I'm the Haitians are the same thing. <laughs> They're like, it's like the worst thing. Work. I worked my bus, my ass. I was turn. I was. They taught me to work. I don't play those games. The same way, man. It's good. And what did we do? What did I do? I grew up poor with my mom. I joined the Marine Corps, survived that stuff, got out here, became an entrepreneur, and got after. They don't giving anybody anything, but we getting what we what we deserve at the end yeah. of the day. And that's. I say to people this, and I'll leave with this. Yeah. It, money is important, obviously, right? Money helps a lot. Money is, you know, always is good to have a good amount of money where you're comfortable, right? But the most important thing, and I would tell you that I have learned in the last decade of, of, you know, not only my own business, number one, doing what you love to do, right? Yeah. You got to wake up in the morning and be like, yo, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy doing what I do, right? But number two, being able to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Huge. Huge, man. That's what it's working for. You know that I set my alarm? I'm going to tell you a little secret, right? You know, I told you I wake up at 11, between 11 and 12, because I go to sleep pretty late. Yeah. You know, I wake up, I put an alarm for 8 o'clock in the morning. You know why I put that alarm? Just to turn it off. <laughs> Just to turn it off. My man! <laughs> That's the victory alarm. alarm. Every morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it goes off. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, oh, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I grab my phone and I go, oh. <laughs> boom, I keep sleeping. <laughs> That's the stuff we work for, man. I love That's it. Myself, that I'm my own damn boss, that I can sleep to whenever I want to sleep, right? Now, when I get up and I get going, it's on. Damn. I'm taking business, right? But it reminds me every day that I'm blessed. Yes to appreciate the little things that I have. My little, I call it my little empire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I have a good friend of mine, my brother Diego, which you're going to meet him over there when we go in the class, he's going to be there. He keeps me, comes from Argentina. And Diego had a really rough life coming, you know, when he came from Argentina to here. He came by himself, no family, no nothing. And uh, he came at a very young age. And now he's partners with me in his gym. He's a three-year, he's, he's actually a four-time world champion striker, uh, fighter, kickboxer, Muay Thai, and all that stuff. And he is the realist and the hard, most hardworking person I've ever known in my entire life, right? He reminds me every day that I'm a piece of shit and that I am worthless. And <laughs> I have no business complaining about anything in my life because I live a great life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I love him for it. You know what I'm saying? I love him for it because he keeps me in check. Respectful. When I'm complaining about stupid bullshit, I'm like, oh, fuck, this and that or whatever. He's like, why are you complaining again? You don't even work. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you make a post on your Instagram and get paid <laughs> the dollars. <laughs> it's <Right>. like, <laughs> and, and then he has a thing with always bringing up Monster. He's like, you know you work with Monster. Do you know they pay? You know how much they pay you to do absolutely nothing. To do nothing. <laughs> That's what you do for Monster. <laughs> That's awesome. Every day, you know. And I'm like, all right, D, you're right, you got it. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I love it. Before we leave, my quote, and this is my quote and my brand quote, and 
what I firmly believe in, and this is the philosophy of real world tactical, is if you make your mind unbreakable, your body will become unstoppable. Outstanding. Outstanding. Good. Make your mind or your body will become um, unstoppable. Meaning like at the end of the day, as long as you got a strong mind, you're, you can accomplish anything in this world. I love it, man. Outstanding. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Uh, we'll make sure your links are in the show notes uh, for, for your brand and all the things you're up to, you know, uh, Real World Tactical, your IG and all that stuff. I believe you got an online thing going on now, too. I have my uh, um, Real World Alliance, which yes. is a community where I, um, you have access to all of my online training programs. So a subscription service. I give everybody a chance for two weeks. I only charge them a dollar to, to, uh, so they can see it. They like it. They continue to, they can stay on it. Or if they don't like it, they can opt out. But it's a bi-weekly payment of $14. I like to be straight up, bro. I'm very transparent. It's a $27 thing. Um, but at the same time, not only do they get all my training programs, but they get over 200 uh, tutorial videos of uh, my three Fs, fitness, fighting, and firearms. Um, they do all of that, uh, where I teach the fundamentals of shooting, where I teach uh, striking, ground fighting, grappling, tutorials, obviously. And then at the same time, I, get, I do giveaways every single week to my community. So I give away ammo, I give away uh, gear, I give away uh, tons of stuff, you know. And every week I pick three or four people and I give some stuff away. So it's a community that I wanted to build for people that supported me, that I wanted to give back to them. And at the same time, be with like-minded individuals um, where they can support each other. When someone has a question, when someone has something, everybody goes back and forth and, and does it. You know what I mean? We're about uh, 3,000 strong now. So uh, I've only months, uh, but, uh, you know, we're hitting uh, 3,000. We should be hitting 3,000 this week. You know, so ho hopefully 5,000 by the end of the year and 10,000 by the, by next year. So those are the goals. Wow. You know? well, yeah. The whole, at the, the, the long-term goal, once I get a good amount of people, then I'll end up traveling. When I travel, I'm going to hold like seminars in each state. And whoever's part of the Warrior Alliance or whatever can come and meet me and, you know, do a seminar and maybe even a class, you know. So they all they have access to my courses, too, as well, where they'll get like 50 percent off to my courses and all that stuff when I travel. Nice. So that's the long term. You know, the long term. A lot of value in there. I love it, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. I wanted to give you pay that money. I wanted to be able to give them an over overwhelming, you know, uh, by the end of the year. The goal for me is by the end of the year, like whatever they've paid, they will have gotten it back in product or information or education or something. You know what I'm saying? Because that's literally my page, my Instagram page or my social media has been suffering quite a bit lately. I haven't really been doing a lot of, you know, a lot of my first shooting video that I did was last like a couple, like a week or two ago. Um, but I hadn't done a video um, in a while. I've been just doing photos and stuff like that. You know, I'm giving quotes just because I've been working a lot on the subscription service, man been trying to get content as possible you know because at the end of the day those are the people that really support me man yep. you know that community those are the people that are hardcore followers and hardcore fans and and i went back to those people because those are the people that that help help out at the end of the day obviously the instagram fans well everybody everybody's it's always good to have a lot of sports but i'm just saying i want to focus on those people a lot now at least for the beginning duration so they make sure that they get their valuable 100 man that's awesome I can't wait to learn from you at this symposium. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's gonna be fun, gonna be fun to meet all the other guys too, man. I, I've never, I've never trained. I know a uh, Grossman. I, I think I went to one or two seminars of uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, but um, the other guys uh, been a big fan of uh, Pannoni for yeah. quite some. Well, he does some good stuff. 
heard great things about him. Um, and uh, it works. I had a couple of friends of mine that have taken some of his his courses. They say they're really, really good as well. Yeah. And uh, the only one guy that I, I didn't, um, I never met, I never heard of was the, Jawan, how do you say his name? Jared Wahungi. Jared. Uh, Jared is the only one that I had never heard of until until recently. But I'm looking forward to meeting him too, you know? It'll be good. It'll be amazing. Be yeah, man. You're going to tear it up, my man. Thanks so much for giving me so much of your time. This interview, this conversation has been epic. There's so much wisdom <laughs> packed in here, man. It's like everything else you do. Amazing amount of value. So thank Appreciate you. It. I can't wait to do this thing with you. And keep killing it, brother. I'm you too, man. Take care. Be safe. And I uh, appreciate you having me on, brother. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Take care, brother. Talk soon. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, Anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, That helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.